Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star. Hello there, welcome to Broken Records, the ongoing search for the most abysmal piece of recorded music in popular music history. That is what the podcast is about. This is episode number 13. It's part of the Riot Act stable. Do we call it, call it a stable? I keep calling it a stable, Renfrew. Like, that's, that's more a wrestling term. My name's Stephen Hill. He's Renfrew Deadman, by the way. Um, we're here. <laughs> don't know why you're bringing out wrestling. So you happy with that? Because I haven't got a clue what I'm, going, I what I'm talking about. But yes, yes. Uh, yeah, totally happy with yeah, that. Yeah, you're all right with that. Mm-hmm. Good. That's fine. Uh, that's fine. Okay. So basically, um, you know, just to give you a little heads up, this podcast used to be a segment on Renfrew and I's weekly show, Riot Act, the alternative music podcast that we do where we review new records from uh, various alternative bands and um we used to stick a little bit at the end where we would try and find the worst album ever made and we decided it was so much fun that we would turn it into its very own podcast Mm. and what you're about to hear is from episode 96 of right act which was released on the 5th of june 2020 it's us talking about black and white rainbows by bush now Featuring Gavin Rostow. Renfrew and I both really like Bush. I think, as we'll, you'll probably find out in a minute. In fact, actually, if you do want to go and listen to um, any episodes of Riot Act, you'll probably hear that when we did review the recent Bush album, we were actually very positive about it. Yep. That's not really the point. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? The new Bush album. It is. Yeah, yeah. I still go back to it every so often now. It's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great decent songs, it? record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah, it's a good record. And basically i just wanted to sort of put that in there because this isn't us shitting on every fucking album that is put on this list we have about 150 plus records they are there due to many different reasons it could be due to the record being a massive commercial bomb it could be the fact that the critics panned it it could be because the band took a massive stylistic detour and all their fans turned on them there are loads of reasons doesn't necessarily mean that we hate the band just wanted to establish that sometimes it's because any further sometimes it's because the band take a massive stylistic dump uh and release it as a record as well though don't forget but yes that's true yeah that is true um (laughs) (laughs) uh but that is probably i don't even know if that's relevant to any of those things i suppose we'll get into why this album is in here when we when you hear us do the chat i think we did do that so um let's let's just do that now let's go over to renfrey and i talking about black and white rainbows by bush broken records our search for the worst album ever made let me just give you a kind of rundown of what we've been doing basically every week we pull randomly an album from the hat full of shit which is what i've got here it's a hat with all the albums cut up inside it i just want to stop you there steve because i want to uh tell people that i have actually put all of these records into a playlist uh because i noticed we had uh 12 and I thought that's a nice time to actually uh, conglomerate all of these records together. And uh, we challenge you during this time of semi-lockdown. Are we in semi-lockdown yeah. now? 
if if you're bored out of your skull, uh, feel free to listen to the torment and pain of that playlist uh, if if you want, and let us know how far you get um, in the playlist of pain. It starts with the worst release, so it starts Towers of London and goes onwards. Ooh. Six Feet Under's not on there, unfortunately, so you have to. to <laughs> unfortunately, <YouTube>. um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just uh, wanted to point that out because. Uh, that was fun. Good. Fun. Sounds <laughs> worth listening to. Um, so anyway, to add to that list this week, we have Bush, Black and White Rainbows, uh, an album released on the 10th of March, 2017. So I believe it's the newest album that we have uh, that we're going to be putting in so far. It's the seventh album from the UK grunge superstars, the third album from their comeback period. Uh, and the last album to feature their original drummer, Robin Goodridge, who was actually the only member of Bush other than Gavin Rossdale, to rejoin the band back when they reformed in 2011. So, Bush, before we get into it, I don't care who knows it. I quite like the first two Bush records. 16 Stone and Razorblade Suitcase. I think we kind of said it before. Great records. I quite, I'm fairly maligned. I quite like the first three. So, bloody hell. I saw them at the forum. Uh, just after Razorblade Suitcase came out, I saw... I went to Reading and then I saw Terrorvision supported by Feeder in Southampton. And then I saw Bush at the Forum nice. in February 1997. I mean, I saw them a couple, I saw them a, a, about a year later with, I saw them at Reading Festival about a year later and I saw them with, supported by Three Colours Red at the now defunct Kilburn Forum as well. One of the Kilburn Ballroom it was, which is, I only went to once for that gig. And, and it was great. I mean, I think Three Colours Red did a number on them that night, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the sort of the, the backlash against Bush, I didn't really understand it at the time. And it's taken me until now to kind of work out what that was, which I guess we'll get into. But, you know, um, as much as I liked Bush back then, when they came back, I have to say, I was pretty nonplussed. And I'm not really bothered about the fact that they were coming back. In fact, I was actually sent the album before this one that we're about to talk about, 2014's Man on the Run. And I never listened to it once. I was sent it uh, when I was at the Independent and uh, I was asked if I wanted to have an interview with Gavin Rosdale and I was quite keen because I was like, oh, Gavin Rosdale, he'd be cool to talk to. And, you know, I hadn't followed Bush massively since they came back, but I thought he'd be an interesting guy to talk to. And yeah. I said, just send me the promo before I say yes or no for sure. And I listened to Man on the Run once, which is the previous record. Sent an email back straight away saying, I'm really sorry, but I can't do this because I can't talk about this record because it's fucking terrible. So. Bush were a band for a specific time. In that kind of late mid to late 90s period, they got a lot of shit that I think they didn't really deserve. Um, so for a bit of context for this record, I think it was and probably why it's here. It was something of a shock when Gavin Rosdale was added to the judging team on ITV's uh, The Voice at the start of 2017. Like, I don't... How did that happen? I mean, I can kind of mm. sort of, sort of understand why he did it, but I can't really understand why he was asked in the first place. Uh, and, and it seemed like a bit of a misjudgment on his part because back in the day on those kind of awful pop star shows or whatever you could just be some record producer like Pete Waterman or Louis Walsh or whatever and people wouldn't really care but unfortunately these days on those shows you have to actually be a celebrity and the reaction to Gavin Rossdale being on The Voice I watched it, a couple of them just out of kind of um, 
curiosity really but gavin rossdale a quiet intelligent thoughtful man on a show of such idiocy <laughs> with fucking will i am on it spoke volumes i mean the reaction to him spoke volumes about the levels of intelligence of the people that watch those sort of shows i mean he often would judge people and sort of speak about how they could improve their performance or how he liked how they kind of committed to the song or how they connected with the song in some ways and people going oh he's really boring whereas the other judges like will i am for example would just go wow you were the bomb dog yo yo wicked and people would go oh great and that's not helpful in a critical situation so i think gavin rossdale um attempted to sort of bring a level of artistry to the voice which it just isn't there i think it did bring bush back into the general public conscience for a little bit but ultimately the uk never liked bush in the first place so it wasn't like you know damon like when blur got back together and went, oh when you know like if oasis got back together now when they go remember the glory days like the uk never liked him in the first place so i never thought it was going to be much of a like oh great it's gavin rossdale because the cooler places that hated them initially we're not going to fucking turn around and be like, oh, we've re- reappraised Bush. Now he's on The Voice. <laughs> and good for him. And he's not going to appeal to twatsy like Rita Ora. Well, so they were on a kind of hiding to nothing and it kind of backfired. And it's a very odd situation, I think. That's that's if his uh, move to go on to The Voice was pre-calculated enough to be like, oh, there's a there's a bush album coming out and this is a way i can promote it um there is some evidence to suggest that just calling it bush featuring gavin rosdale yes um mm. i remember seeing that as as someone who's a bush fan I'm, I'm happy to call myself a bush fan and someone who um didn't i actually saw their first show back on the reunion because i i wanted to believe steve uh and they were <laughs> fine they were fine um far too many screaming that, girls the ultimate scathing yeah like, yeah. In, I mean, for Rem, yeah fine for remfrey from remfrey is like the dagger to the heart of every artist it was all right um <laughs> it, it, but it wasn't it wasn't a massive embarrassment i think that's the key thing they weren't like it didn't look like they you know they, gavin rostell still looks i don't know how old he is but he still looks like a young man and he was still going for it and all that kind of thing. And it was at the garage. So it felt like quite an intimate venue for them and all this sort of thing. Um, but I think when I saw, oh God, probably in Sainsbury's or something like that, I saw the cover for this album and I saw that it was Bush with Gavin Rosdale, that a piece of my piece of my soul died that day. Cause it was just like, well, I, I, you can't really defend that move, can you? Because, no. you know, and there's stickers of, you know, with Gavin Rosdale from The Voice. And it's like, well, and this <laughs> album was ready and recorded and made very, very, very quickly after he left The Voice. As a matter of fact, something I read about this, which I couldn't believe, this album was recorded in three days and then released one week later, apparently. <gasps> no well i didn't know that now i am getting that if you i don't know if you have the wikipedia entry in front of you steve but um if you look at the little box that they have at the side and it it says record dates i think it says may 1st to 3rd of may 1st of march to 3rd of march there we go released 10th of march there we go wow so it was 
Rush released. Uh, I mean, that doesn't mean that he hadn't been working on it for some time. He might have just, you know, been playing the songs to death at home or whatever and got them really rehearsed and ready for the studio. I mean, if you're going to record 15 songs in three days, you would be rehearsed to fuckery. That's that's an incredible, incredible uh, workmanlike, I suppose, is the rude way to say it. Um, but, but it is, isn't yeah. it? It's very workmanlike and it's like, yeah, five songs in one day for a record this big is bonkers but um yeah interesting isn't it that it was recorded in three days and released a week later very very interesting and so as you said it came out on uh on the 10th of march um two pretty tepid reviews classic rock gave it five out of ten and said black and white rainbows won't convert the long-term haters and seems too torpid to mobilize a fresh generation of fans to use a voice analogy there are moments when your hand hovers over the red button but there's never quite enough to make you spin the chair the guardian gave it two out of five and said could this finally be the moment that bush break britain on the evidence of black and white rainbows it remains unlikely album number number seven sands down what little edge the band once had and buffs their sound to banal stadium rock sheen um drowned in sound quite accurately gave it a three out of ten and said should we see the resurgence of bush i wouldn't begrudge it at all ultimately though this isn't a terrible album it's something much worse a pointless one um and another thing from the classic rock album it says bush aren't the abomination of media repute um and i think that kind of that's definitely true um this album really isn't very good at all i mean it's not good i mean the lead like i said mad love the lead single overwrought and if that's the lead single (laughs) i I mean i remember seeing them playing that on the voice he did they did that on the voice and i was like fucking hell look let's be honest right gavin rostell has always written some pretty shit lyrics (laughs) i mean lyrics like um gotta be like water gotta be like rain got to be myself again (laughs) (laughs) i mean what what sort of man is like oh i'm not really feeling myself i need to be more like rain (laughs) what does that even mean and it's got these kind of tepid electronic ethereal parts which they sort of done but the choruses are not as big as they think they are i mean and there's that song Toma Mi Corazon, oh, which is genuinely terrible, terrible song. Awful song. There's a lot of that wimpy electronica stuff on this record, isn't there? Um, mm. They introduced quite a lot of that on The Science of Things, which is the album where you tapped out, but uh, the last I one did, that yeah. I liked. Um, songs like Letting the Cable Sleep and stuff like that. And it's really good on that record, in my opinion. Um, Chemicals Between Us Chemicals is a good song. Between Us is fucking amazing. War Machine um but uh, it's just so wet and wibbly and and just just nothing on this record most of it yeah i mean there's dreadful lyrics on this record um i can't remember the name of the song but one of the choruses is i get lost lost in you a safe place to come yeah Uh, it's just it's a it's it's bush at their bland you know when, when you hear the what people said about bush back in the day oh they're corporate bland blah 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 blah, blah, blah all that stuff and i used to be like really are they i mean the nme you know the famous kind of twat twat johnny cigarettes in the nme who did that hatchet oh, yeah. job on razor blade suitcase a two-word review shit sir shit suitcase zero out of ten and you think well mate 
you were giving dodgy fucking eight out of ten a couple of weeks ago like, like, you know and cooler shaker like i mean bush are a thousand times better than the a lot of the stuff that the enemy were pimping out as like the fucking future of rock back in 1996 so let's not get too let's not get fucking too twisted that like i think time has shown if you put on razor blade suitcase now or you put on like echo belly i know which one i think is going to sound better and it will be bush um but unfortunately this record does sound like all of the criticisms that were aimed at Bush back in the day come to life. It's almost like they went, oh, what, you thought we were horrible, boring, bloated, weaselly, pointless, watered-down sellouts back in the 90s? Mm. Check this out. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's what this album is. Um, I've had the misfortune of hearing uh, all three uh, of the Bush records that have been released to date uh, of the cu- the comeback era, shall we say. Um, and yeah, pretty much all of the criticisms that they used to get back in the 90s should apply to those records and not what people were saying about... I mean, Razorblade Suitcase, as an example, we've discussed this on the show before, Steve, is a far more experimental album than people would give it credit for if they just actually gave it a go, you know. Steve Albini producing it. Exactly. Steve Albini isn't going to let some band just, you know, fucking play a bunch of pop songs, are they? Well, exactly. And to be honest, I mean, for me, it's kind of like, if Albini's all right with it, then I'm cool with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, that man has such integrity to kind of question that is a little naive, I feel. Well, I mean, I've seen interviews with Steve Albini regarding this and Steve Albini is like, who am I to say you can't make a record? So I will always make somebody's record and try and make it the best that I can make it. Fair enough. So I don't necessarily think that that means Steve Albini was going, yeah, thumbs up from me for Bush. But no, fair enough. I fair just enough. don't think he's enough of a snob to be like, you don't even deserve to make a record, which I think yeah, a lot of other people were saying. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a new Bush album coming out soon. And it's pretty good. Mm. Now, I mean, I don't... I, you could kind of go, oh, well, if only they'd released this that new album then. But I probably it probably wouldn't really matter. I mean, I think the reason, the sole reason that this album is here and the kind of the, the length it took for them to re- record and release it is obvious is that the album came out to kind of capitalize on what Gavin Rossdale was doing and it's a bad album and also the press rallied round to go how dare you how dare you Gavin Rossdale you know we thought we'd slap you down in the 90s I do think there is a, a little bit of the how dare you come back to the United Kingdom which never liked you and you never broke it before and now you're on ITV we'll fucking show you I mean uh, just, just to I interject, think there's definitely a bit of that. Just to interject, I think there's a lot of that. I, I think. Um, I mean, I was going to say I've heard all three of these comeback records, uh, and I don't, I don't like this at all. I, I think that it's got moments. I think People S is all right. I think there are moments here and there throughout the record which are quite good, but they probably only add up to about twenty minutes in total of what is a record that's an hour long. Um, but I don't think this is even the worst of those three records. I think Man on the Run is worse. Their first comeback record, The Sea of Memories, is okay. Um, mm. It's better than this. Um, yeah. This isn't much better than Man on the Run. 
but I think it is ever so slightly better. Um, right. But it's still not very good. Whilst this isn't particularly interesting or good or it's not very inspiring, yada, 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 we've had much, 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 much worse than this, haven't Far we, Steve? Worse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've had much, yeah. much, much, much worse. So much. I mean, this is just a kind of boring rock record. Yeah. That drowns, does, yeah. th- this is one bit from the Drowns of Sound review you didn't read, but I think this sums it up perfectly. This is a collection of songs, nothing more. And that's exactly mm. what it is. It's just a collection of songs. <laughs> and and mm. some of them are okay. Some of them are pretty dreadful. Um, and overall, it's kind of like a, I don't know, maybe three out of ten is probably about right. I might be kind enough to give it a four. Um, but we've... <laughs> oh, I, don't getting that. These... I don't know where you're getting that extra <laughs> point from. There are, <laughs> bit, there are bits and pieces on this record I like. But like mm. overall, it, yeah, it's not very inspiring or very good and all the stuff around it, him being on The Voice and stuff. I mean... I wouldn't have marked it down for those things, those extraneous no. things, because I think that's just nonsense that people yeah, forget about. But, you know, bloated, cynical, boring, yeah. written by committee, almost, it seems. Yeah. It's a, it's not a good record by any no. stretch of the imagination, but that doesn't make Bush a bad band in their entirety. Um, and if this record was kind of the low point where he got kicked off the voice and he maybe went, do you know what? We spent three days doing our last album and fucking hell. And they went away and three years later have come back with a bit of a surprise of a record. Mm-hmm. And I think Chris, I mean, we'll talk about when we review the album, we'll talk about Chris trainer mm-hmm. who, um, obviously Chris trainer is their lead guitarist at the moment. He used to be an orange nine millimeter and helmet and rival schools. He's no mug. Um, Absolutely not. No. <laughs> like so you know i i do think bush in 2020 are well they're way more interesting than a lot of those bands in the 90s that are getting hyped by the enemy but yes this is a pretty low point for them saying that we need to rank it i would say for me it's in between that kind of I mean, it's definitely worse than Bob Dylan. It's definitely worse than Lou Reed. It's definitely worse than Lauren Hill. Forget about that. To me, it sits within that kind of... We have kind of three really good, credible artists in those three. We have the four horsemen of the apocalypse, as you called them last week, <laughs> Renfrey, of just kind of sad, horny old men. Viva Brother, Louis the Fourteenth, Queen and Richard Ashcroft. Um, there's nothing as kind of gross on this record as there is there i mean the hit the terrible towers of london six feet under eogan quig it's just not in the same level of shittiness as that so you're looking at the the kind of that little midsection where there are two just incredibly dull pointless records dirty vegas is one and the enemy's streets in the sky i'd kind of put it somewhere around there to be honest it's pretty simple for me for me it's um smack bang between lauren hill and uh is it the enemy yeah um just because whilst like the enemy and dirty vegas so on and so forth it is a boring record it's not offensive at any point and it's also i think it's more dynamic than the enemy and uh more dynamic than viva brother as well i think you know, there's some rock songs on here. There's some ambient electronica here. There's the odd sort of piano-y bit here and there. It's it's too long and it gets really boring towards the end and it should have been a good third shorter at least. But at least it's not... At least it's got some dynamism to it. And I don't think Dirty Vegas or The Enemy do have all that much dynamism to it. 
I agree. I mean, the enemy is well shoddy, yeah. even by the standards of black and white rainbows. Let's put it there. Um, there you go. Black and white rainbows by Bush goes into the list of broken records. I'm reaching across to pull out what we're going to be doing next week, Renfrey. The self-titled album by Liz Fair, which famously got, I know, I've never heard it, but I know it got one of the first zeros. I think it was the first zero on Pitchfork. So um, Liz Fair's self-titled album, we're going to be talking about that on Broken Records. All right, there you go. Thank you very much for listening to the show. That is the end of the show. We will be back for episode number 14, as you just heard, with Liz Fair's self-titled album. Um, If you'd like to hear more from us, as ever, do follow us and listen to us on Riot Act every Friday, where we review the the creme de la creme of the new music coming out in alternative well in in the in the alternative world <laughs> and alternative uh, go to our patreon in in alternative <laughs> world in the alternative world and uh, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash right act podcast and you can sign up for a whole bunch of exciting and exclusive content over there as well which we would very much like you to do but thank you so much for listening to this show and episode number 14 is waiting for you wherever you found this episode so you go off and listen to that and we will meet you over there see you then